Hey, Teresa, do you think that the first one was called Tat One? What? It's Schmanners. Husband host Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. You're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasion. I was very proud of that joke. Travis is still laughing at his own joke. Because <laughs> it's tat one. Because the, then the second one was tat two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I shouldn't find it that funny, but I had a good night's sleep. And so now I'm in a great mood. Hi, yeah, everybody. Our, our baby slept. 11 and a half hours. Yes. She's the chosen one is all I can imagine. Um, she is a magic baby. Uh, and we are lucky to have her. Well, for a lot of reasons. Uh, so this is, uh, which of my shows is this? This is Schmanners. Um, <laughs> Can't talk, remember, huh? No. We talk about etiquette. But we don't just talk about etiquette. We talk about how it applies still in the modern age. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and the, I'm the one who does know. Teresa is the one who does know. That's just a ki- quick recap oh, man. of the pitch of our podcast. Hi, hi, everybody. Hi. So today we're going to talk about. You just want to jump right in. We're, we're well, not even in a minute and a half. You don't want to. We got banter. Uh, I want to say we're going to talk about something I've actually talked about before. <gasps> um, you may recall. That early on in Schmanner's history, we participated in the year end of the Max Fun Drive. Yes. Um, the la- the first Max Fun Drive we were in. And we were invited to do the special end show at the the um Maximum Fun HQ with Jordan and Jesse. And they wanted us to talk about something schmannerly. And they suggested we talk about tattoos. Do you remember why? Uh, because one of the, the bonus things was that you said you would get a tattoo. And I did. If we, uh, if we reached a specific goal. I can't remember what that goal was. I think at the time it was 10,000 or yeah. 7,500. Um, so just to, so we're talking about tattoos in case that wasn't clear. Talk about tats, ink, skin drawings as they're called <laughs> in the industry. Um, so uh, just to give a little background, I have, let me see, one, two, three, four. I had to look five. I got the one on my shoulder that I never think about. I got my first tattoo when I was 20. I've got five now. Um, one is visible. Yes. Yeah, so I've got the pineapple on my wrist. Six. Wait, hold on. Oh, yeah. Oh, the my Triforce. Goodness. My goodness. Okay. So I've got the pineapple on my wrist. The Adventure Zone uh, D20, all 20. I do that on my left bicep. I've got the Middlest Horse on my. Oh, no. The, uh, I've got. Loch Ness Monster on my left ribs, the Middlest Horse on my right ribs. That's four. And then I've got the Triforce, which me and my brothers and my dad all have on my left breast. And then I've got the family crest that I kind of made myself. It is my family crest, but I just reconfigured the pieces so it would all fit on a tattoo on my right shoulder. But that one did not turn out well, so I don't ever show. 
not by the fault of the tattoo artist who just didn't heal right. Anyways, those are my six tattoos. So I've got a few. And I have zero. I have zero tattoos. Zero tattoos. To zeros. Um, and, you know, I actually, because you have so many tattoos, well, not so many, because you have a few tattoos, people often ask me why I don't have any tattoos. And I just, it, I just, I think that if you're going to get something permanently on your body, you should feel strongly about it. And there really isn't anything that I feel strongly about that way. I have I I have um, many friends, Michael Bradbury, Patrick Stanley, and uh, many friends who have multiple tattoos to the point of, as I understand it, at least the way they explain it. I don't know if this is true of everyone, but after a certain point, you crest the wave, and it's just like, well, at this point, I've got twenty six tattoos. So this one i just like the artist and i like the design so i got that you know what i mean at a certain point right but since your first tattoo is a very big step right your 31st tattoo is a little bit easier to just pick something you like and go with it um and i think that's what it is i just have never started on that journey and so me getting one feels very monumentous and i haven't picked anything that i thought would merit that occasion. And, you know, I also think that there uh, there's certain things in life, certain experiences that I think someone could justifiably say, like, you haven't lived unless you blank. Oh, you haven't had ice cream? Everybody should have ice cream. But I think tattoos are the kind of thing that have become, for whatever reason, something that people feel very comfortable saying to other people, like, oh, you should get a tattoo. And it's like, wait, hold on. That's not a decision you should make for them. Right. I, I feel that I listen. Body autonomy. I have That's six. Important. I'm a big fan of tattoos. I'm getting another one in like two weeks. I'm a big fan of tattoos. That said, it is a decision that the person should make for themselves and not a decision. You shouldn't get a tattoo because all your friends are going to the tattoo parlor to get one. That's not a good reason to get a tattoo. Unless you want to, fine, whatever, go for it. But don't be, I guess, don't be peer pressured into anything, let alone a permanent body tattoo. Right. That's just my little dad PSA. Uh, and BB, if your friends try to tell you to get a tattoo, you tell them I'm a baby. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, I'm sure there is a rich and deep history of tattoos. So here's the thing. There's not. No, okay. there, I mean, there is. There are lots of different um, reasons and anthropologically why people have tattoos. But I think that what I really wanted to stress was there are, there seems to be the idea of the counterculture mm-hmm. within the tattoo movement. And it didn't always used to be that way. I'm going to, I guess I've always assumed that that like tattoos are unprofessional, tattoos are unseemly, came about from like, uh, uh, you know, uh, not necessarily pirates, but ocean goers, seafarers and like that kind of culture. Is that? No, because tattoos go way further back than that. Okay. So there's always been the idea within certain cultures that a tattoo or body art, body modification um, 
puts you into the uh, an acceptance within that group. Okay, so like uh, I know that there's like you passed your adulthood trial, so now you get a tattoo, that kind of thing. Something like that, okay. right? And there came a point in cult in the world history where it was no longer a um, an inclusion into the accepted accepted sect of the culture and it became an inclusion into the counter culture but how did that switch over happen do you want me to be honest yes white people ah okay wait what (laughs) when um when i don't want to say anglo-saxons but i do want to say european cultures mm-hmm. decided that that's that body modification was anti-religious that's when it started to become less about inclusion into a culture and more of a counterculture i see because if you had it had any kind of body modification you were a quote heathen Okay, wait. So does this go along with that? Like your body's a temple? A little bit, I think. Okay. Your body is a wonderland kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I don't actually want to talk too much about that. Okay. Um, because there there came a certain point in history, and I think that it's coming where that's no longer the case where you can you can have these body modifications and not be considered the other but just another right where there's a lot of different choices mm-hmm. for the way that people want to have their bodies um and so i don't want it to i don't want this discussion to be about the counter because there's always going to be somebody out there. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? You know what I mean? The more you do research into anything and you'll find a pendulum swing, anything like this, I would say you'll find a pendulum swing. Beards is a great example. Yeah. We talked about it in our facial hair episode of like, okay, well, depending on whether it is the in-look or the outlook has gone back and forth forever and it's usually dependent on is it viewed as seemly or unseemly at the time exactly and the same with like tans mm-hmm. um certain hairstyles and tattoos you know is it in is it the thing that everybody does or is it the thing that the people who are trying to be different from everybody do and it just goes back and forth you exactly know? which is why you often see um included in historical quote freak shows is a tattooed person yeah um usually the more heavily and more um colorfully tattooed the person was the more they are quote freakish mm-hmm. right so you um and then you also see the inclusion of tattoos in um in different rites of passage maybe in gang initiation mm-hmm. um and maybe in uh, in trying to set oneself apart from other people. So that that's I I wanted to give less about dates and facts and numbers and more about this idea, like you said, the pendulum swing. 
The pendulum swings. It always swings. We're looking at a time now. I mean, think about it. It's happening. We're in it right now where it's like there's going to be PTAs full of people with like full sleeve tattoos. You know what I mean? Like, right. It, there was a time, hi, children. There was a time not too long ago where like it was, quote unquote, as we're using these quotes, weird to see someone with tattoos walking down the street. Like that it was like, oh, what's their deal? And now I on Instagram, half the things you see, people have tattoos. And, and not just one. Lots of tattoos. It's just a right. thing now. Tattoo yeah. parlors are everywhere. I went to, uh, when uh, a year ago, I think, Bradbury came and visited in L.A. And we went to the Tattoo Expo in L.A. And it was huge. And it was awesome. Because here's the thing. The art that some of these people are doing is breathtaking. Yeah. It's amazing. One of our friends in LA had tattoos that was maybe one of the most photorealistic tattoos I've ever seen of Universal Monsters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they were like, it looked like photos. It was incredible. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I, obviously, I'm a big fan of tattoos. I've got a bunch of them. but And I enjoy looking at them, even if they are not on my body. Okay, so... There's lots to discuss in tattoos itself. And I heard you kind of, while we were warming up, you were going through some, like, best practices. Right. Do we maybe just want to jump into that? Because here's the thing. The history of tattoos is long and arduous, and I don't know that it's necessarily, as opposed to a lot of our historical stuff, I don't know that it's necessarily as informative to today, because it just depends on which side of the pendulum swing you're looking at. Exactly. Um, and there are notable tattoo artists from every era and, and in every culture. Picasso, Da Vinci. What? <laughs> no. What? No. No, Steve Picasso, Laura Da Vinci. Oh, yeah, right. No relation. No relation. Um, so there, there really is, it, the history just kind of repeats itself. A lot like we found with beards. Either they were in or they were out, and there were people who wanted to be either in or out. I will say, fun fact, fun fact. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have this. Do you have about the modern tattoo uh, pen? No, I don't. Okay. It came about, thank you, Mysteries of the Museum. It came about the, um, so the modern device that people use now with like the, you know, the needle that, right? Mm -hmm. That came about because um, Edison invented a, an electric pen to write with that did not it did not take off it was not received well um his electric pen did not sell well until a tattoo artist realized that it could be used to speed up tattooing and make tattooing faster and safer oh wow hello this is future travis um i realized that while i was talking about this so edison invented the electric pen right and so then um, a tattoo artist named Sam O'Reilly um, took the invention, added multiple needles and an ink reservoir um, and patented that. And then in 1929, Percy Waters patented a new design, which now, uh, which resembles the modern day tattoo machine now. So I didn't want to just give all the credit to Edison. Credit also goes uh, to Samuel O'Reilly and Percy Waters. So, Wanted to get all the accurate information in there. Okay, now back to the show. So Edison's electric pen became the modern tattoo uh, needle device. Yeah, I know. Fascinating, right, Bebo? Um, but yeah, so Edison, 
invented indirectly uh, a modern tattoo device. Cool. Um, so the first the first couple things I'd like to talk about um, are actually included in a book by a famous tattoo artist, Kat Von D. Uh-huh. You may have heard of her. She starred in a, a little television show called Miami Inc. Yes. Um, she has a book called High Voltage Tattoo. And she outlines some of the major tips that she has when getting a tattoo. Um, she says, do not be intoxicated Oh no! for your Mo- session. Most tattoo artists, in fact, won't tattoo you if they think that you are intoxicated for two very good reasons. Okay. One, nobody wants to deal with like getting if the person gets the tattoo because they're drunk and then sobers up and regrets it. Right. That can be uh, there could be lots of liability issues with the tattoo artist there. But also, so a tattoo um, and hopefully this won't be too graphic, but a tattoo is a wound. It's an injury that you're getting. Because basically what you're getting is a, a million, hundreds of thousands, however big your tattoo is, I guess, uh, little holes, little scars, basically, that they're injecting ink into. And if you are drunk, alcohol thins the blood, and it can make it, um, well, a lot more dangerous, but a lot harder to tattoo because it makes your blood run a lot easier as you're getting tattooed. Hmm. Yeah, so it, it can make it harder to tattoo you if you have blood all over the place Uh, i mean you will listen straight up you will bleed regardless because you're getting a hundred thousand little holes put in your skin but thin blood doesn't make that better she also mentions that it's harder for drunk people to sit still well yes also that um so if you're you know if you're intoxicated it makes the tattoo artist's job so much harder you know that fear you have when you're getting your hair cut and you worry about like moving your head too quickly and then like cutting off a chunk of your hair they're not supposed to i imagine that but with like a permanent tattoo someone's tattooing a line and you move it's not good (laughs) i don't know if i've ever had that fear you don't have that fear when someone's cutting your hair and you're worried about like turning and I well oh that's probably because with 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 you you've never had it like clippered you've right. never had it like yeah I have that I have that fear every time uh every time someone is clippering my hair clippering clip using, whatever using clippers using the electric razor I'm always like <laughs> still Travis um she also suggests that you be on time for your appointment and that you make an appointment um. Uh, a lot of tattoo artists are are booked up, and so they don't take walk-ins. Um, so it's it saves frustration on your and their part if you be on time and, and make an appointment ahead of time. Also, to that point, I would also suggest, um, especially in this day and age of Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, you can find artists' work online Um the tattoo artist that I'm going to in a couple weeks, um, I found uh, on Instagram and followed for you know a couple months, um, looking at their art. And as they would post, you know, tattoos they've done, I like the work that they've done. I know their work ahead of time. I know what their aesthetic is. I know what their style is, and that <clears throat> and that helped me pick them as the artist. So then I reached out to them. Um, to make an appointment with them. And you got a consultation first, right? Correct. 
that's another thing uh, that a lot of tattoo artists really, really appreciate. Um, it helps you know what you're getting. And so if you come in and you should have an idea, that's another one. Make sure that you have an idea beforehand. You go in with no idea. Nobody can really help you create something if you don't have at least something in mind. What you can do is if you, for whatever reason, are not picky about the design and are just looking to get a new tattoo, um, artists will have books of their work, of their designs, and sometimes they will even have special deals where if you come in and pick one of their designs, you you get you know a discount. Um, they usually like I know sometimes on like Friday the thirteenth, a lot of places will run um, specials where you can come get a tattoo centered around thirteen from a book of designs. Um, for a special discount because a lot of the time when you are paying for a tattoo, part of what you're paying for is the design because a lot of the time what you're doing is you're bringing in your suggestions. But like if you bring in a photo, they still have to like make that design work for a tattoo. Um, So a lot of the time you're paying for a design. So if you pick a pre-existing design um, of their work, it's, you know, it's that much easier for them to do the tattoo. I do want to make sure that that you include the difference between an artist portfolio Mm -hmm. designs that they have made themselves and flash. Yes. So the flash is like, think of that as like, okay. So the way, okay. I was about to compare it to something that would be confusing. I was going to say, think of it like a stick on tattoo. Here's what I mean. What they do when you go in for a tattoo is they transfer the design to like uh, rice paper, some kind of like transfer paper, basically, with much like a stick on tattoo. They put it on your skin, they wet it, it transfers the ink from the design to your skin, and then that is their, um, that's the, you know, stencil, that's the uh, pattern, that's their guide, right? So if that design already exists in the flash, they just take that, photocopy that onto the, with their special printers, print that onto that transfer paper and go. If it's a photo of work they've done previously, they can't do that. That's just to demonstrate their work. So yes, Flash is the booklet of designs. Portfolio is photos of the finished tattoos on people. And you can say like, I want this one, but that gets a little... So Flash is something that they usually sit and just design in general in their free time. That's like their books of design. It gets the I'm I personally, this is where I could speak personally, don't think it's okay to point like pick someone else's design from their skin and be like, I want that, please. Because tattoos are highly personal. Yeah. Which is why a consultation is usually the best idea. Because if you come in with several ideas of, oh, I, I like this kind of general thing. And then I really like what you did on this person's tattoo. And let me look through your portfolio a little bit. This is going to work out. You know, all that kind of stuff. You can collaborate with your artist to get something that you both can be proud of. And, and not only I, the consultation is also 
you know, to that point, just think of it this way. Give the, give your tattoo artist some lead time to work on the design. It will always be better. Right. It will always be better than coming in day of and being like, I want this. Okay, well, give me an hour and a half to draw it, I guess. Like, yeah. And At the very least, email them ahead of time. Even right. if you're not able to get in there, email ahead of time with what you want, what your design is, reference photos, as much information as you can give them. And then remember that it is a collaboration because it's going to be... It, Tattoo artists are artists, so they want to put their own stamp on things as well. But here's something to keep in mind, because we had a couple of people ask about this. At any point, at any point, feel free to end the process. If you're a tattoo artist, if you've collaborated and you've been working together for three months, four months, a year to make this design, and they're just about to put it on your skin, and you don't like how the design has turned out, don't get it. I, that, I, you may feel like a jerk for saying, like, you know what? On second thought, no. But that's better than having a tattoo on your skin permanently that you aren't happy with. Agreed. Um, and, you know, if you feel bad, you can say, like, you know, I'm sorry. I, I just I'm having second thoughts. I think I'm going to have to say no. I would like to compensate you for the time and work you've done in the design up to this point what's fair or in a lot of cases a lot of artists will have a deposit up front so that if you don't show up for your appointment or cancel they're not out um and they're still compensated for their time right but don't don't feel obligated ever to get a tattoo just because you've been working with the artist all right great moving on uh, Kat Von D also suggests that you don't bargain. And I think what she means is don't haggle the price. Oh, God, no. I did find in my research that there are certain tattoo artists, if you've been working with them for a length of time, they will accept trade. Um, for example, I, I read an article about someone who accepted a motorcycle in trade for a tattoo. And that's a highly valuable commodity, a motorcycle. So it was worth the, the amount of time and money that it would take to do the tattoo. But I definitely think that that's not something you walk into your first meeting with them and exactly. say like, hi, I would like a tattoo and I'm willing to offer this book, I'm like, no, whatever. <laughs> I can give you a TV for this. No, you don't know that person. That's something like, you know, it's my eighth tattoo with this person. I know them well enough to make this offer and then deny it. Here's what I will say. Here's a, here's a little tattoo tip to tip from Travis. <laughs> a tip. A to tip from me to you. If you have a budget set aside for your tattoo, like maybe you've saved, mm, let's say, $200, right, for your tattoo. You go in, you hand them the design you want, and you tell them the size you want and the placement on your body you want. Then you should always ask, especially if you have a very limited budget, if you have a restrictive budget, say, and how much How much do you think that's going to run? That's a perfectly fair question to ask. And they say, $400. Rather than say, well, I'll pay you $200 for it. That's bad. What you should say is, okay, well, I, I have $200 saved for it. Is there a different placement? Is it easier somewhere else on my body? Can I get it smaller without losing the detail? That, that I think, is fair to ask because it's possible if you've gone in with, like, you know, a 10-inch by 10-inch tattoo and they're like, yeah, that's 
$800 and be like, okay, what about like three inch by three inch, right? It's less ink, less time, whatever. You can also possibly, if there's a lot of color in it, get the line work done first and then get it filled in with color later and maybe work out some kind of like, okay, well, I just want the line work done now then. How much would that run? I At a certain point though, it turns into haggling, so be careful with that. But I think that there is wiggle room in that kind of thing without saying, I'm not willing to budge on the design, the size, or the placement, but I'm only willing to pay X amount of money. Right. That's bad. Don't do that. Um. Let's see. So then another thing that she suggests is... Um, not to bring children into the shop. And I think that, uh, I mean, she goes on to say that there there are a couple different reasons. Um, First of all, uh, they are a a tattoo artist. This is their studio. Um, So they don't really have the the facility to watch children. Um, And you certainly won't be able to watch them while you are being very still and being tattooed. Um, also there are, there are different regulations in different counties and strictures that, uh, they won't allow minors into the shop. So there's another one. Um, also they are working with bodily fluids. So like you, like you mentioned, every time that the, the tattoo pen delivers ink, some blood is released um, that's a biohazard, and you don't want children around those kinds of things. Also, lots of sharps. Lots, lots of, of sharps. sharps. We're talking about tattoo needles. Right. Um, and a lot of of tattoo art might be considered a, adult. Um, and I'm not saying that all of it is, but it's certainly an art aesthetic. Not only that, but there can also be placement on people's bodies. Um, you know, if they're uh, getting it in an area normally covered by clothes, I think might be uh, a tasteful way to put that. Having children there might not be something other customers are comfortable with. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's just a good idea. Not, not, not to bring kids. Now that said, I do think that you know, if you work that out with your tattoo artists, if you know them, all those things. This is, of course, just general guidelines. Exactly. Same thing with she says not to ask to play your music. A lot of a lot of tattoo shops have a certain aesthetic that they're going for and they play the music that they want to hear. Um, and I did not run across any suggestions that you listen to your own music on your headphones. Um, although... I, I would say if you are going to do that, that you need to have one ear out. Agreed. Um, because there are certain things that the tattoo artist will need to communicate to you, whether it's to tighten up your skin a little bit, change your position, does this hurt too much, all this kind of stuff. Um, they, they need to be able to communicate with you. Um, not only that, they need to be able to check in with you because here's the thing. I hope that I'm not breaking this news to you. Tattoos can hurt a lot. Yes, they can. And so it is also important that they're able to check in with you and make sure you're cool. Because, like, I've had tattoos go two and a half, three hours, and that's not even, like, near the longish end of how long a tattoo session can go. 
So they need to be able to check in with you and be like, hey, you doing okay? Do you need a break? You want to drink water? Do you need to get up and walk around? That kind of thing. Because I've often thought that if I were making a movie in which I needed to demonstrate a torture scene, I'd like, to, I think tattooing is probably the closest I've been to being tortured because it goes on a really, and I'm not, listen, if you're listening to this and you're like, whoa, Travis, you're really, I'm not trying to say like tattooing is torture. I'm just saying that for me, it's the closest I've experienced. <laughs> it's not that bad. I've never had a tattoo so bad. I've wanted to jump out of the chair and run away, but it's a prolonged experience that you should go into knowing features discomfort. Um, and so it, it's something that like, I'm sure tattoo artists have had people pass out in their chairs before. So being able to check in with you and be like, hey, you doing all right? You, you need to move around? You need to shift? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And to that effect, uh, Kat Von D suggests that you eat something before your appointment. Yes. Don't come in with an empty stomach because that can contribute to you fainting or passing out. Um, she says to dress the part, meaning making sure that the clothing... Uh, allows your clothing allows easy access to where it is you want tattooed um some tattoo artists suggest that women getting tattoos um on their chest region wear a bathing suit top because uh those often are tied instead of hooks and it's a little easier to get thing to get to where you want to go um to that effect, it's going on your body. So she suggests that you take a shower. Hygiene is important. Make sure that it's a clean canvas. Um, there doesn't need to be like, you don't have to put any like special salves or ointments or lotions or anything on, but making sure that you are, you are clean and not smelly is a great thing uh, because you might be there a while. Uh, you know, and in the same direction, don't put on a ton of perfume or cologne or anything like that. Your tattoo artist is going to be very close to you. You don't know what their allergies are, what their preferences. So I think whatever deodorant option you choose, uh, be clean. And other than that, don't douse yourself in Dakar Noir. Why is that what popped in my head? <laughs> hmm, I don't know. Curve. Don't just douse yourself in curve. Um, you know, don't be overwhelming. Right. Uh the last couple points, she says, don't be a tattoo advisor. So even if you have designed your own tattoo, um, that be open to collaboration. Uh, don't bring an entourage. She says that maybe one quiet friend is, for support system is a great idea, but not, um, you know, not several people because there may not even there may not be space in the shop for them. Um, for both of my um, Max Fun tattoos, I checked in with the artist ahead of time. Graham at Purple Panther, if you're in L.A., big fan of Graham and Purple Panther's work. Um, and ahead of time, let Graham know, like, well, I asked. I said, would it be OK if somebody came with and like documented it? This is for a thing. I And so I I made sure that Graham knew what the deal was, and had Graham said, no, that's not okay, I wouldn't have brought somebody with me. You know what right. I mean? So if if you're doing a special project or this is for a thing and you're going to have somebody hovering around with a camera, ask the artist first. Right. Um, I, I would also just, real quick, before we get into questions, I want to address cleanliness and hygiene on the other side of it mm -hmm. with the shop. Um, first of all, if possible, you should visit the shop 
before your appointment. The consultation is a great time to do this. Get a feel for it, just an overall vibe of how you feel. Ask other people for recommendations, places they've been. Um, you want um, shops that use sterilized equipment. Most of the time, their needles, everything will come in sealed packages that are single use for you, and then they go away when you're done. Um, you, you want a place that feels clean, um, you want a place that feels healthy and is good reviews, everything certified shops, everything like that. And, you know, maybe there, maybe you have friends who have had experiences going over to their friend's house and having them give them a tattoo, but I don't endorse that whatsoever. There are so many diseases that can be contracted through dirty needles and very, very serious that you should only go to like certified, clean, healthy, hygienic shops. Um, that sounds like a pro tip. Also, to that degree, aftercare, if anybody, and you know what, maybe you're listening to this and you're more of a tattoo expert than me and you're going to want to disagree with me, that's cool. But if anybody tries to sell you super expensive aftercare, salve, lotion, tattoo special, you don't need that. You don't keep, keep your tattoo covered for about 24 hours after it's done. And then you're going to gently clean it with like warm water, warm, soapy, like gentle, neutrogen, like gentle, gentle, gentle soap. Um, dial, that's what I was looking for, like dial antibacterial soap. Don't scrub it, nothing like that. But you don't need to like rub a, you know, hemp coconut oil, $400 salve on it or whatever. You don't, I honestly, that's what happened with my first tattoo. I kept it way too lotioned up and moist afterwards and it just scabbed up too thick and pulled color out of it was completely unnecessary. That being said, um, follow your tattoo artist's recommendations for upkeep and healing of your tattoo yeah and most of the time every tattoo artist i've been to uh at least after the first one i have asked and they have handed me a piece of paper that they had pre-typed out of aftercare instructions follow those to the letter perfect hey how about we do some thank you notes and then we do some questions okay Our sponsor this week is a company named Third Love, um, which is an intimates. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Vivi, I agree. An intimates company um, that has decided that they would like to put fit first. Um, so Third Love uses women's real measurements to create bras that fit better. Um, they have lots of sizes as well as half cup sizes. Um, and all you have to do are answer a few simple questions online and Third Love will recommend the right bra for you. Um, you, our listeners, can try Third Love's 24-7 bra, which is a, a specific type of bra they offer, free for 30 days if you just pay $2.99 for shipping. And if it isn't your new favorite bra, return or exchange it for free. So you can go to thirdlove.com slash schmanners now. That's thirdlove.com slash schmanners to try out their 24-7 bra for free for three days. Just play. Pay shipping for $2.99. Just to be clear, it's spelled out T-H-I-R-D-L-O-V-E dot com slash schmanners, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S. Go check it out. 
I'm Barbara Gray. I'm Brandy Posey. And I'm Tess Barker. We're Lady to Lady. Do you want to sleep over in your ears? Is that a friend in your pocket or are you just podcast to see me? We're a portable hangout you can bring to the gym, on the subway, or on an oil rig. Seriously, we have listeners who do that. Show with us while we get high with Margaret Cho. Talk showgirls with Katya from Drag Race. And hear Broadway star Anthony Rapp sing Hamilton. I am not throwing away my shot. (laughs) I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. That's Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. Hey, Max Fun fans. It's MaximumFun.org founder Jesse Thorne. I just wanted to take a minute to congratulate our colleague Ben Partridge. He's the host and creator of the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, and they just won the Gold Award for Best Comedy Podcast in the British Podcast Awards. It's a truly remarkable honor. If you haven't checked out Beef and Dairy Network, you are in for a very, very, very special treat. It's a really remarkable and hilarious show. I would say a perfect podcast. Uh, So... Congratulations, Ben Partridge, and congratulations to everyone who's contributed to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. We're proud of you. All right. Just as I expected, we got lots of tattoos. Mm, Lots of tattoos. No, I've got lots of tattoos. We got lots of tattoo (laughs) questions. Uh, Let's start with this one. uh, This is probably... Some form of this was probably the most asked question we got. This is from Anthony. I have an embarrassing tattoo. The tattoo itself isn't embarrassing, but the story behind it shines a light on previous idiocy. I quite frequently get asked what it means. Is there a good non-answer that I can give that doesn't involve terminal embarrassment? So we got asked a lot about like being asked about the meaning of your tattoo or do I have to tell people why I got a tattoo or anything? Is it okay to ask people about their tattoos? This is kind of tricky. And what I'm going to suggest is our, our kind of our go-to of read the room. Um, You're welcome to ask and they're welcome to say no and then don't push it, you know? So the, I, I would say that the more that you know the person that you are asking, the more likely they are to be okay with telling you why. If it's a, a very passing interaction, you probably shouldn't even ask. I have an idea. I okay. have a suggestion uh, uh, from, from the asking end, and we'll get to the telling end in a second. Rather than ask, make a statement like, I love your tattoo. That's a great design. And then if they want to, that offers the opportunity for them to continue the conversation and open the door. But if they're just like, oh, thanks, then they don't want to talk about the design. But if they say, oh, thanks, you know, at the time, like, you know what I mean? Like then it's rather than make it something where they have to decide whether they want to tell you or not, give them the opportunity to tell you or not, but just make it a compliment. If they don't want to tell you, they don't want to tell you. Sure. And, and like I said, the more that you know the person, the more you'll be able to feel out whether or not they want to talk to talk about it or not. And I, I also just want to say that uh, as a person with visible tattoos, I think that there is a misconception that if somebody gets a tattoo and it's visible, they want you to ask about it. It's no. not necessarily the case. Visible tattoo also means it's visible to me. 
I want to be able to see it. The tattoos that I have that are covered as evidenced by her beginning conversation, I often forget where they are, what I have, when I got them, what they look like. But my visible tattoos, my pineapple, I see all the time. And so I got it because I wanted to see it, not because I want other people to ask about it. Mm -hmm. Now, Anthony, to that point, I got my pineapple tattoo uh, as uh, in remembrance of my mother who passed away when I was 21. But I don't want to have to tell people that, especially if, like, my mother died when I was 21. It's just a fact. That's the thing. It's not a bummer. It's just a fact. But I don't necessarily always want to bring that up in every experience ever. So my three different options are, one, I tell them the whole story. Two, I say, oh, I'm really into pineapples, which is kind (laughs) of my jokey answer. Um, if it's like, mm, I don't think this person has any right to ask me about this whatsoever. I'm a huge fan of SpongeBob. I'm just really into pineapples. Or the middle answer, which is some portion of the answer, which is, ah, it's the universal symbol for welcome. Um, and within my family, it is a very important symbol. The end. Right? I don't have to give the full backstory. So I think to this point, Anthony, if, it, if you could say like, you know, um, it represents a time in my life. That I that you know this this kind of symbol uh, just kind of uh, summarized encapsulated a, a time within my life um, that kind of thing. You don't have to necessarily always. You don't have to give any piece of information you don't want to, but you can give a very vague like, well, it represents a time in my life, the end, period. Um, and I think that in general, if somebody asks about it, I also, I also think you're completely justified in saying, you know, it's just a really personal thing to me. The yeah, end. the end. That would be my suggestion. If you don't want to talk about it and someone is insistent or you feel badly saying, I don't want to talk about it, you can just say, it's a really personal design to me. This question is from Sarah. Um, How do I politely tell people my tattoos do not give consent to touch my body? This is another huge one. So my pineapple tattoo, for whatever reason, every time I show people, they run their finger down it like they expect it to be textured. Yeah, that's weird. Right? It's like, ooh. And it's like, what? Ah, what did you? Hmm. Especially when people ask about it, they'll like reach out to t- as if it, as if they couldn't have just said your pineapple tattoo. What are you talking about? Oh, thank you for touching it. I forgot. Mm-hmm. So yes, it is a thing that happens for whatever reason. Having a tattoo makes people feel okay touching said tattoo, and and mine are not even in I would say uh, sensitive places, but still being touched without consent is bad. So let's all take a reminder and remember that um, even though it is interesting and it is in human nature to want to touch something that is interesting, we need to remember that you have to get consent to touch another person's body. Now, I do have an idea in order to mitigate unwanted touch. Now, is this what we talked about before? Yeah. Okay, because what I said, I told Teresa that one of the issues that I've run into with the tattoo on my wrist is when I extended my tattoo out to show people, it seemed to imply to them an invitation to touch because I was extending a part of my body towards them. Right. So if you if you don't want to be touched without your consent, I suggest that instead of extending your arm, that you lift it up and keep it within your kind of personal space bubble um, so that if you if you don't want to be touched, it doesn't extend out to a person. 
So keep it close to your body. Um, maybe if you want to show someone something on your wrist, you lift your arm up like you are raising your hand with you that you have a question <laughs> um, instead of stretching out towards them. I also think, and there are there's a lot of things I advocate this on, but physical contact without consent is definitely important enough that I say a lot of the questions we got were people worried about seeming rude, telling people not to touch them. Don't not be rude. don't be concerned about being rude, telling someone not to touch you without your consent. I think if somebody reaches out to touch your body, I think it's perfectly fine to say, please don't touch me or, exactly. or I'd rather not be touched or like you can look, but please don't touch my tattoo. Perfect. And none of those none of those are rude. It's your body. And you said them very nicely. You say, please don't touch my tattoo. Please don't touch my arm. Please don't please don't touch any of those things. Perfect. And if after that the person is like, oh, sorry, you can feel free to expound on it. Like, you know, it's just a real issue with tattoos and like people touch it. It's a thing I run into. Whatever you want to say. You don't you don't have to do that either. You can just be like, okay, thanks. And like walk away. Um, You know, you can choose how much you want to educate a person, but it's always okay to say no. Um, Let's see. Um, so this is from Alex. Are tattoos as frown, uh, still as frowned upon in the workplace as I had a perception of them being while growing up? I would say that it really depends upon where you work, um, where you want to work. It's a matter of the idea that you want to dress for the job that you want. Yeah. So uh, when you get a tattoo, think about maybe your career path factoring into that tattoo. Um, but if it's something that is along and, and congruous with your career path, go ahead and get it. A, a good example that Lena asked, uh, Travis might know about this, how do you navigate a theater career when you have a visible tattoo or want to get one? And there's a great example of that. When I got my pineapple tattoo, when I got any of my tattoos, I knew that a factor of that was when I do theater in the future, this could potentially cost me parts. At the very least, it's something that the costumers and you know directors will have to know but i went into it knowing that you know what i mean i thought about that ahead of time and like my friend patrick has you know sleeve tattoos and he works for a school he's a teacher at a school that doesn't allow visible tattoos so he knows he has to wear long sleeve shirts like um it, it, i don't know that it, to answer your question alex i don't know that it's as frowned upon um, as it has been at some points in the pendulum swing. That said, every place is allowed to have its own reasonable, um, you know, uh, uh, what's word of a code? Regulations. Yeah, as far as that kind of thing goes. Now, I think also at a certain point, those can get far too restrictive, and I think it's okay to ask, okay, but why? Because there's a difference between like a corporate structure and someone saying, I just don't like tattoos, and it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to keep doing it, though. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think it's as frowned upon. All right. I think that that... <laughs> I actually think, Alex, that that kind of, like, it'll cost you jobs is a thing that parents told kids to try to keep them from getting tattoos more than it is actually um, so, in so much a reality. Um, this question is from Kevin. 
Um, what's the best way to navigate someone showing you their tattoo and you don't actually like it? This is one of those occasions where I'm going to advocate that there's really there's really no point in telling someone that you don't like their tattoo because it's already on their body. There's no like we talked about how a director giving notes um, needs to needs to cross, straddle the line between fixing something and realizing when it is never going to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And a tattoo is permanent. I mean, there's laser mo- removal and but, cover up, but. Um, if you, if someone says, do you like my tattoo? You should find something positive to say about it. Or lie. Or lie. Or just lie. Just be like, yeah, it's great. Because here's the other thing. We got another question too from Tina who asked, what's a polite response for when someone says something negative about your tattoos? This, I think this is two sides of the same coin. Kevin, if somebody shows you their tattoo and you don't like it, that tattoo is for them. It's not for you. They got it based on their aesthetic and what they like. And if they're proud of it, who cares if you like it? And Tina, to the other side, that tattoo is for you. The other person doesn't need to like it because it's subjective. So like them saying that they're not crazy about it. Okay, cool. They don't have it. It's not their tattoo. It's yours. So if you like it, don't let their judgment color you. Just say like, all right, cool. Well, good thing you don't have it. And then walk away. Um, you know, tattoos aren't for the other person. I think that that's such a common misconception that I would so like to to argue against is that people assume that tattoos are a thing that someone gets to show off to other people mm-hmm. as like a peacocking thing, which I don't know anybody. I mean, I'm sure that people do do that. But like in my experience, the people I know who get tattoos, they get it because it means something to them. Right. Um, tattoos are not a thing that you do to get attention. Tattoos are a thing that you do because it's something you want on your body. So um, no good can come from someone saying, I don't like your tattoo. There's if you if you don't like it, then just say looks good on you, bro. Yeah, looks great. Oh, did that hurt? Ask questions. Somebody shows you your ta- their tattoo. Oh, how long did that take? Oh, who did it? Oh, that kind of thing. But I do recommend you don't ask how much did it cost. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, uh, like many things in polite society, it's it's a little more taboo to talk about money. So yes. don't don't ask how much it cost. Um, to that same point, ask Ox asked. Sometimes I don't get the cost until after the tattoo is done. How do you ask about price without sounding like a cheap jerkazoid? Oh God! I want to break so many tattoos about money. You, you tattoos. You taboos. mean taboos? Uh, you really should know up beforehand how yes. much it's going to cost, and if it does end up going a little over price, um, it is you're paying for it. It's perfectly within your right to know how much it is going to cost. Um, so I, I will also say this: um, the last couple tattoos I've got. I got an estimate on it beforehand and it cost less when it was done because it finished faster or whatever. I'm not saying that universally that will be true, uh, but just keep in mind, it is important to note that when you get a price estimate, it is just that. It is not the price. If it ends up taking longer or being more involved or shorter or less involved, the price may change, but you are getting a service done. This is a thing that is being done. It is not... There's nothing wrong with asking for an estimate up front. Right. It is better for everybody. 
everybody, you know, we want to, you want to make sure that everyone in the situation knows what's expected of them. Exactly. Um, so you understand how much they are asking for and they understand what your, your kind of budget limitations are. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with asking up front. Um, to that same uh, vein of discussion, May asked, tipping on tattoos? Yes. Yes. Again, it's a service. And this artist is providing, you know, giving their, their labor, but also their time. Any time that they are working on you keeps them from working on somebody else. Um, so you should tip. And the recommendation is 20% just like all the other service industries. Um, and I would recommend that if you like a certain tattoo artist, um, just like if you want to become a regular at a bar, you should tip higher than 20%. I, I, here's the thing. If you're sitting there and you're like, wait, why should I tip them when paying $250 for this tattoo? And well, well yeah, but that that that's not how tipping works. Right. Like, the same as when you get your haircut, you tip. When you go to a restaurant, you tip because that's how the industry works. And not only that, every I, I can say every tattoo artist that I can remember working with has always gone above and beyond working with me. I like I'm a big fan of everybody uh, who who I've gotten work done by. And like I tipped them not because it was expected of me, but because they did an amazing job. I, I'm tip. Yes, tip. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. And like I said, standard tipping procedure for a good job that you are happy with 20%. Cassifras on Twitter asked, When is it appropriate to compliment someone's tattoo? I don't want them to think I'm being condescending. Um, I would say that sincere, honest compliments are probably always welcome. Um, but. I think that it, it really depends on where on the person's body the tattoo is. Um, if it is a highly visible uh, kind of a limb tattoo, arm or leg, you should be you should feel comfortable saying a short, sweet compliment. Oh, I really like your tattoo. Great. Um, if it's on a more intimate part of their body, that might be something that you, you want to hold back a little more on. Um, just because that's, you know, nobody likes to be stared at. Yeah, whatever you do, don't and, stare yeah. at anybody's tattoo ever. And so my my short answer is, if it is on a limb, you are welcome a, to do a short, sweet compliment. But um, if it's on a more intimate area, you should probably just keep your your appreciation to yourself. Um. It, my point of view is think about it like an accessory. Would you feel comfortable um, complimenting that? For example, would you feel comfortable complimenting someone's bracelet? Okay, they have a tattoo on their wrist. That's probably okay. Would you feel comfortable complimenting someone's bra? No? Okay, so don't... That's how I look at it. That's that's my kind of rule of thumb. This is going to be our last question. Kim asked... I heard that different parts of the body hurt more, wrist, elbow, etc. But what is the pain scale in general? I want to tat, but I'm worried about the pain. Everybody's pain tolerance is different. And uh, my research points to uh, things that don't have areas of the body that don't have a lot of flesh covering are often more painful 
than fleshier parts. So the ribs, uh, because, you know, most people can feel where the the bony parts of their ribs are, I would think is a little more painful. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas your bicep has a lot of muscle on it, and that's probably a lot less painful. Would you agree, Travis? Um, Yes. Here's the thing. All tattoos hurt. All tattoos hurt. Tattoos hurt. It is a finite experience. Tattoos do not continue to hurt. They may be sensitive for, you know, 24 hours after you got them, but they don't continue to hurt forever. It is a certain amount of discomfort that you go through to have a lifelong uh, piece of art on your body. But all tattoos hurt, and you should know that going into it. That said, I think I, I, it's never hurts. It's never hurt so bad that it was like something to be afraid of. I think that a lot of people are afraid before getting their tattoo because it seems like such an inconceivable, insurmountable amount of pain. It's not really that. That said, I have had some tattoos that have hurt so bad I wanted to say stop, but then 45 minutes later it was done. You know what I mean? Like it's unpleasant. It's just like it's like dentistry. You know what I mean? Like getting a filling is unpleasant. It's bad. It hurts. It's like no one likes doing it, but then it's done, you know, and it's not like six weeks later you wake up like in a cold sweat remembering the pain you went. You forget about it and you move on from it. And and so and that sound means that it's time for us to wrap up. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Go check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. You can follow us on Twitter at SchmannersCast, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S-C-A-S-T. You can find all the other amazing McElroy shows on McElroyShows.com. Join our Facebook group. We'd love to hear from you. That's where we get a lot of our questions from. Indeed. Um, We put up uh, what the subject is going to be every week, and then you can ask questions. Just as a reminder, we do ask that that thread be for the asking of questions only, not for the answering of questions. We'll save that for once the episode goes up. At that point, people can post whatever topics of discussion they want. But that is just for collecting questions for the show. Um, as always, I want to say thank you to Brent Breltofoss Black for our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are sold. Also, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for a beautiful banner and thumbnail art. You should check out her portfolio. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.